What Should I Think About is a podcast with me, Celine, and my dad, Stephen. And we talk about burning issues in media, politics, and science. Hello, and welcome to What Should I Think About? I'm Celine. And I'm Stephen. And today we're going to take the mic out of that. <laughs> That's today's podcast. No, it's kind of like um, when we talked about me liking Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, even though it's exceptionally not feminist. Um, we're going to talk about Dad's love of ancient aliens, even though it's exceptionally stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is another guilty pleasure episode, I suppose, but this time I'm the culprit, aren't I? Um yeah, so I should just mention again that we've got the dog in the room this time. We're trying something different. She's in her basket <laughs> and she's in front of the radiator. Mm. She's got a happy little situation, but she looks real mardy. Yeah. yeah. Right, anyway, let's hope she keeps quiet. But yes, you might hear the odd uh, grumble. as She does a muted bark. Comes. Yeah. Right, okay, so yeah. So you're, you're having a go at me about ancient aliens. I'm not having a go, but just... <laughs> Just, just wondering how anyone could want to watch Ancient Aliens, especially you, as it's so stupid. There's <laughs> no sense to it. He's just like um, the line that we all take the mick of. Is it possible? And then he says something that's completely improbable. But like every anything's possible, but it doesn't mean that it's likely nor probable. Yeah. But they do like to. Uh, posit such questions <laughs> that's right yeah so um for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about we should i suppose explain it's the ancient aliens tv show um and there's a few other spin-offs from that because it is very popular yeah. and if you haven't watched it you probably know the guy with the big hair because he is a meme yes indeed oh quite george um i don't know big hair man crazy yeah. <laughs> man crazy crazy big hair man yeah so he's it's kind of got more ridiculous as time's gone on isn't it because obviously he's he's got to know that it it gets him in memes and gets pictures about him so he's, his hair has gradually got taller and taller yeah it's huge now yeah but he's anyway, actually taken over the world with his hair but it's on the history channel or history two i think um and then which is a lie it's not history <laughs> so straight away there's something to talk about there isn't there so yeah the, the history channel has it has some really good stuff on it, but then they have some really fringe stuff, let's I don't say. know. As far as I can see, the History Channel is is documentaries on Hitler and ancient <laughs> aliens. That's as much as I think the History Channel does. Yeah, okay. That's well, its entire back catalogue. I'm sure that the History Channel um, executives would differ with you on that. <laughs> I've never watched the History Channel and seen anything other than those two things. Yeah. Um, so I'm not really that interested in, in the war, so I don't watch those. But I do watch Ancient Aliens and, as I say, their spin-off shows. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm guilty as charged. <laughs> I don't so much nowadays, I have to say. I don't... There's an admission for you that he did record them. <laughs> Something to remember, yeah. folks. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, so... Question, I, then. I suppose I need to explain myself. Yeah, why do you like that? Okay, it's just, it's just madness. <laughs> it made me laugh because your friend came round the other day and, and said to you, "Why does he watch that?" Yeah, yeah. Aiden came round. Um, if you if you know evil sheep, you know Aiden, um, yeah. our our friendly neighbourhood ginger that comes Actor. to uh, it comes to act. I think with acting us. is probably the way you'd like to be described. No, 
Ginger is his entire okay. identity. Uh, no, so he comes around, he does some acting. We're also friends. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'd been watching, uh, or I'd been doing something in the room, like making a cup of tea or something, and he was sitting in here with you, and he just sort of got sucked in a bit and was like watching <laughs> it and watching you watching it. <laughs> and then we went upstairs with our cups of tea, and he was like, what? is that yeah. like, I would never have pegged your dad to watch that yeah okay so I suppose we I, I need to get down to some um, something like detail because I hate it in podcasts when they spend the first 10 minutes just mucking about so <laughs> let me explain um, why I'm watching Ancient Aliens um, okay so first of all uh, I see it as entertainment as opposed to education so for me there's something kind of weirdly exciting about listening to <laughs> middle-aged men get excited about you know lines in the desert and um, and also extrapolating everything as being some kind of mass uh conspiracy maybe it's not really a conspiracy show as such although there are it bits is. of it in there it is <laughs> <laughs> i mean it does play into some of those tropes i, I agree um, the pyramids were made by aliens in this yes, ancient aliens thing. Yeah. That's a bit weird. <laughs> so there is a tradition um, that goes back, I suppose... I mean, the, the first person that I know of that kind of talked about this stuff in in popular circles was the Belgian writer Eric von Daniken, who wrote a book called uh, Chariots of the Gods. And in that book, he posited that um, the gods in ancient works like the Greek gods and other gods were actually ancient aliens, were aliens that came down to Earth, that landed, and there's, whether there's any evidence, in fact there isn't any evidence in my view for that that position, however as a hypothesis it has some merits because it is possible. I think we have to, well I have to accept that it is within the realms of possibility because there are billions and billions of stars around those stars are planets yeah no we don't have it's, an issue with the potential of aliens it's though. likely that there are aliens in which case it's possible that those aliens have visited us i mean that is possible isn't it you have to accept that that is within the realms of possibility. Yes, it's possible. There's no evidence for it, however. So, <laughs> I mean, applying the, the Occam's razor, which is essentially that all things considered, you go with the simplest explanation, mm. then all of these questions sort of fall away because there's not any hard evidence no. for this hypothesis. So you might as well say yeah, it's possible that... You know, we're all part of a game that some teenager's playing in his bedroom. You know, that's possible, but there's no evidence for it. So that's the problem. So I'm not I'm not pretending that I believe any of this stuff, but I find it entertaining because it's... A, and in a way, that's that thing that you said that makes us laugh. You know, is it possible? And they do say that every, every single time. Anything's possible if but, you just believe. But as a writer... You should understand that because it's a you know it's a what if question, isn't it? Mm. And that's what writing is all about. You know, what if, what if aliens came to Earth? What if we're part of a simulation? What if? And that just gets the imagination going. So for me, it's part of that. It's fun because it's like what if? Yeah, what if? It's it's like watching a film. It's like watching a 
a movie or a, a, a television series mm. where you get to inhabit an alternative world where maybe this happened and it allows you to kind of enjoy that suspension of belief and that's the main reason why I enjoy it because yeah what if it's fun to imagine what if so that's why I think I watch it but I do have some history Mm. (laughs) I just like you make a nice little argument for it but it's just so stupid (laughs) I can't get over it it's so it's like it's incredibly to me it's incredible how something can be both boring and infuriating at the same time. <laughs> I just don't get any sort of spark of joy. Yeah. It doesn't spark joy. So I think um, I think some of the questions... I, I have to say, I haven't found it as interesting recently because it, it kind of slightly... It's the same every time. So They never bring evidence. They never really bring any proper evidence to the table and it's all... It's all kind of just conjecture. And and if you do start a sentence with, is it possible, then yes, you're right. You could actually say literally anything. So is it possible that um, you don't have to bring any evidence to the table because you're just, you know, yeah. I'm just kind of asking a question. That's all. You know, yeah. I'm not saying it's true. I'm just asking a question. I just can't <laughs> go over the like, and the pyramids are lined up to do this with the stars, which can only have been done if the aliens came and gave the information at the beginning of time. There's no way that could have been done anyway other than aliens. And I'm like, is it possible that you're wrong? <laughs> though (laughs) is it possible that you're wrong well that is another is it possible question and i think that's highly likely but okay so can i um i'm happy to put myself out there to further abuse (laughs) um, because i'm going to give you a bit of background as to how i got interested in this whole subject buckle up (laughs) yeah so this kind of dates back to when i left my uh the, the faith that i'd had when i grew up Uh, I've mentioned this on other podcasts. Um, I'm not sure whether these will be before this one or not. But anyway, I do talk about this in another podcast. I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness. So I left when I was in my 30s, late 20s, 30s. And at that point, you're kind of of searching for answers because... Well, I was. Because your whole worldview was provided for you by this religion. And that's how I felt. So I kind of, before I left, I understood, um, I put in in inverted commas, I understood how we were created, how we got here, how the earth got here. I understood where it was going. I I understood all these things, or at least I thought I did, because I was told. Um, And then when I left, I started to question everything, which, of course, I, I had to, because I no longer believed it. So you're then left thinking, well, what is the truth? And I'd always been interested in science, but I'd also always been interested in science fiction. And so I started to read a lot, and that was part of my waking up process from the uh, the group that I was part of. Part of my waking up was to read and read and read. I read a lot of mainstream science books, but I also read some more fringe sort of books and some really quite out there books. Um... And I have talked about this on a on a YouTube channel, um, which I think you know twenty other people have seen. <laughs> so yeah, you may probably not have seen it, um, but anyway, yeah. So it's it's something that I found kind of interesting, 
and I read all this stuff, and including lots and lots and lots of stuff, some really quite fringe. Um, and some of the stuff I read was actually quite well written and not crazy. So the idea that the pyramids are aligned to the uh, constellation of Orion, for instance, was one of the uh, theories that, that was put forward by quite a few of these groups. And some of them were actually, some of these individuals, I should say, and some of these individuals were actually, you know, quite credible. Um, and they posited that the Giza Plateau, with its various pyramids and other um, installations around it were kind of like a mirror Im- image of the sky now i find that entirely plausible whether it's true or not i don't know but it's entirely plausible but it doesn't require aliens to have done that but anyway so that interested me that there was this this whole possibility that there was um, there was stuff that wasn't really mainstream but could have been worth uh, researching and looking at Right, so we talked a bit about why you love the show. Like, obviously, I'm not super <laughs> into it. Um, I think it is both simultaneously the most boring and the most infuriating thing I've ever watched. Um, however, uh, you're not just a viewer of the of the television show. You've seen them. You've met these weirdos in person. I've not you... met the aliens. <laughs> no, no one's met the aliens. That's the point. No, but you've gone to a convention. Well, a convention. I, I wouldn't call it a convention. He's been to a convention. <laughs> so this is going back a long time. It's very fuzzy. Um, so I can't remember all the details, but um, this is going back to when I first left. Yeah. I was like an infant, so I obviously yeah. don't remember this. So then at some point recently in this timeline, you, you confessed, and I was just like, okay. <laughs> I didn't get to meet Giorgio or Georgios, I'm afraid. Um, it's just a secret picture somewhere <laughs> under his bed. <laughs> <laughs> him like shaking hands with a yeah. crazy man <laughs> no I, I didn't get to meet him he wasn't a big deal in those days um he was probably only a kid so because we are talking about the 20 picture years of a toddler and dad <laughs> huge yeah. man. he's like i know what you're gonna become <laughs> um yeah so we must be talking about 20 years ago um because that's when i left the jw's so um so yeah i did go to a i'd like to call it a meeting you went to a convention um but it <laughs> It was in London. It was in a, a big hotel, um, their sort of conference room. And it's quite a grand place. I, I can't remember what it was called, um, but I, I went up there on the train. and um, You got the train. I did. I got the train and attended it. And what <laughs> what happened, it's quite funny, because I always get places early, mm, as you know. Yeah. I always like to be early. So I was really early. Mm. Um and I stood outside waiting to be let in. You know, when you're going to a, um, a conference or something, there's always like that that board at the front saying, welcome. And actually, it was all to do with a magazine called Quest for Knowledge magazine. I've forgotten about that. Mm-hmm. So Quest for Knowledge magazine. If any listeners have got any old copies of that, I'd love, because I, I can't find any. And this was... I bought this religiously every week. You've all been destroyed. <laughs> Quest for knowledge. Um, and there was a guy there waiting with me. And I can't remember his first Did name. Did you make friends? We spoke. <laughs> um, I can't remember his first name, but he happened to be the an editor or the, mm. the guy, I think the, the guy that started the magazine. His second name was Ogilvy. I don't know why I can remember that. I just can't. What was his last name? Ogilvy. 
course the man from Quest for Knowledge was called Ogilvy. <laughs> that was his second name. Yeah, but like, yeah. you can imagine going down the street and you're like, Oi, Ogilvy! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was. Well, we put it in Quest for Knowledge this week. <laughs> and and because I was talking to him, and he, he obviously had put on the... He was the guy that was putting on the conference. Because mm. I was talking to him while I was with him, or seemed to be with him, the, the guy, the doorman, mm. said, oh, you can come in now. So I just kind of went in with him. Oh. <laughs> so there was me and Ogilvy. We went, <laughs> we went into the to this room, this huge room, where all the delegates were going to be. Um, and I got to meet some of the speakers. Mm. I mean, I shouldn't have been in there, really. Somebody came to me and said, who are you? I said, well, I'm just, I'm just here to be part of the convention. Or, sorry, the... Um, no, conference the yeah <laughs> um and so this hour well you, you're lucky you got in and you know you got got in ahead of everybody else so i got to talk to a couple of people and i'm pretty sure i got to talk to a guy called john anthony west who is kind of like the granddad of all this i think he's sadly passed away but he was a lovely guy and very gentle and very interesting to talk to and i spoke to him a little bit um and yeah and then people started to file in and mm. i think he was speaking so um it is very hazy but i think he was talking at the event and uh, and and then obviously i took my seat and and uh, listened to the convention the other thing that happened was um they had a uh, they somehow this is in the early days so it wasn't so discredited and so crazy at that point and they they invited a, a guy from the Egyptian antiquities across mm. a proper one of the the guys who yeah, they wouldn't do that was now. responsible for it he came across and actually spoke at the event and Celine I actually asked him a question oh. you know when they say has anybody got any questions yeah, no and they got Roby Mikes and I put my hand up and I, I asked a question of, of Egyptian antiquities man what did you ask him <laughs> is it possible <laughs> <laughs> no and then that was the inception yeah (laughs) (laughs) Stephen Maffer credited as the creator of the catchphrase is it possible (laughs) no um tiny little toddler with giant hair notes in the corner yeah just like that's a good idea for a tv show (laughs) no so what what it was was um around that time there was a lot of talk about what was underneath the great pyramid Mm. of Giza so it's still a question. There's the Great Pyramid of Giza has a lot of shafts um, in it, so lots sort of secret um, yeah. bits to it. And there's like a there's like a little door, a very small door, right um, down at the bottom of the pyramid. Again, I, I could be getting some details mm. wrong here. Um, and there's a lot of talk about what was underneath the Great Pyramid, and there was this s- speculation that there was a great hall of records. And in this great hall of records was the ancient records of, you know, how we got here. And I guess, you know, that you can you can interpret that or you can put onto that anything you like, can't you? So that mm-hmm. could have been the secret about the ancient aliens. And I think some people believe that that was what was going to be under there. Just so you know, I'm shaking my head. <laughs> Um, I'm just telling you what some people no, believe. Um, and I'm just making sure they know I don't. <laughs> yeah. so, so there's a lot of excitement about this. Mm. But of course, quite rightly so, the custodians of the pyramids were pretty concerned about crazy 
blokes turning up with pitchforks and pickaxes. Not pitchforks, but pickaxes. And trying to dig a hole underneath the pyramid. It just became a mob. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that is in the pyramid! <laughs> so, so, yeah, so there's lots of um, applying for the rights to dig around the area or to, you know, do some... Um, some scans, you know, like uh, what are they call sound yeah, scans, yeah. so you can see underneath. I just don't know what they think that the actual like archaeologists were doing. Do they think they like found the pyramid and they went, "Yeah, that's good." No, they never looked into it. Like they, yeah. they always are looking for the secret, of course, tunnels and digging around. They're not just like that's a good pyramid, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, that's there's a whole narrative around mainstream archaeology just being very um, sticking to a kind of very narrow orthodoxy and that means that you've got all these other people who are kind of mavericks you know i mean it it does come from the indiana jones tradition doesn't it Mm. you know there's there's all these boring archaeologists you know with their little brushes slowly revealing things and then along comes harrison ford he like ruins it yeah and like yeah like setting off traps and destroying history yeah so he can so he can steal some antiquity yeah Mm. stop it harrison ford so anyway i think that's part of it and there was all of this rumor so going back to the question that i asked um they the Egyptians were quite nervous about giving a license to people to sort of go um, looking around. And, and in fairness, you know, there was as long as you do things properly, there's always archaeology going on. So it's you know the, the, what you're looking for is kind of um, I guess a secondary question. The, the big question is are you are you doing it properly, responsibly, and mm. and also there's lots of people wanting access. So. And like being safe as well, like really old, mate. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think they were looking to do anything really invasive. But anyway, there, there was that discussion. And, and it felt like the the authorities were just being needlessly uh, obstructive. So I think I, I asked the question I asked was something along the lines of, you know, we understand the importance of making sure that the uh, a- these ancient sites are are kept in pristine condition and that we're very very careful but these are legitimate questions that people just want to know the answers to so why are you obstructing it something like that so it was quite a um it wasn't a sort of you know investigative reporters Mm -hmm. sort of question but it was a little bit juicy and and i got a clap everybody clapped oh god (laughs) you are a question at least I guess when you're doing a talk, the fear is that there won't be any question because mm. everyone thought you were boring. Yeah. Um, so I guess like you do always ask a question. I've been to other talks and lectures with you. You always ask a question. I do. Which is somewhat relieving, but also terrifying. So I'm like, <laughs> what's he about to ask? <laughs> like everyone's simultaneously relieved that you've asked a question, but then That's some people scared. get stressed as well because they're like, oh my God, he just asked a really <laughs> difficult question. Normally yeah. Q&A time is just a bit of pat on the back time. Yeah, because that Goldsmith thing, I asked a question there, didn't I? Yeah. That forensic yeah. uh, science yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, so that was my question. And um, I can't remember what he said. It was something fine. Um, but anyway, it turned out that um, I think that the people involved in the uh, the expedition to try and get access kind of got completely discredited. And um it was all a bit of a scandal, I think. I don't really know what happened. But... Well, I think in defence of the archaeologists, you've got to, like, 
a be qualified to do it surely so yeah. you've got to know how to actually go down into a ancient yeah. site and do it properly you've got to know what is Absolutely. safe and not safe to do um how do you you know how do you look around without disrupting anything yeah. and also like you know actually analyzing things properly with scientific method not just being like i found the truth <laughs> you know yeah that's right I, I mean they would obviously argue they had their experts and people that would do that so i, I don't I, it's too long ago i don't know the no, rights no. and wrongs of it but i'm just sort of coughing up to say that's what i did yeah. um but as it happened you know I, I gradually became less interested in that and and started to um gravitate more towards evidence-based um research an interesting change <laughs> you know what i've got to ask Go obviously on. i wasn't I was probably not even conscious enough as a being yet to know what you're doing. Yeah. But did you say to mum, were you like, all right, Sarah, uh, I'm just off on a trip. And you didn't specify what? Or no, did I you told her what I was doing. What did, was she just like, all right. Yeah, I mean, you know. Mum's uh, quite chill. She's, she's very not, chill. She wouldn't <laughs> be like, ridiculous. She'd just go, oh, that sounds very interesting, dear. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, what would so you like for dinner? She just let me get on with it, I think. Um, yeah. which, which, you know, is what i love about her really just <laughs> she's so chill <laughs> just lets me get on with my strange little um ways diversions but yeah so that was um that was my first kind of interest so i guess i do have a, a little bit of an interest in some of those characters so i got to meet one or two there's one or two speakers that you do see on the ancient alien show every now and again that i recognize and that i saw at that at that meeting um but yeah, clearly I don't subscribe to their ideas. And I think what's what's been interesting actually is how they've gone from being a bit fringe, but still rooted in at least what appears to be a scientific or a method, pursuit of knowledge. Yeah, to just essentially right. I'm going to make a sort of statement here. I believe cashing in on a a genre that that just just takes people down all sorts of of routes and i think there's a little bit of concern about yeah. some of the ideas that they talk about yeah i mean they're mostly harmless i think i don't think most people take them seriously but i guess it could be maybe ancient aliens is the weed of of conspiracy <laughs> theories it's the gateway <laughs> drug into greater conspiracies possibly yeah possibly oh yeah that's what i was thinking before oh. i was thinking Oh, you know, when I said, like, in an alternative universe, mm. everyone's in a cult somewhere, so don't judge someone for being in a cult yeah. or whatever. In an alternative universe, you joined the ancient aliens cult when you went to that convention because you're like, the guy was really nice, had a good talk. Yeah. He, in an, another universe, he's a cult leader and you're in his cult. <laughs> I guess that's that, how that went. Well, if you subscribe to the multiple worlds theory, then it's kind of pointless to go down these. But I just like it. Everything's it's happening. Yeah, but it's funny. You're also it? the president of the United States. You know, it literally everything is happening that can happen. So, yes. So, of course, yes. In some universe, I am. I am An a part of the, of the uh, ancient aliens cult. Yeah. Imagine though. I wonder if there is any cults relating to them. Bet there is. Yeah, I mean, again, this comes back to our question of what is a cult, doesn't it? And uh, I think. For my, in my view, it's it's really mostly harmless, and it no, is yeah. just good, clean fun. I guess I do worry a little bit about some of the 
the anti-science stuff or the the pseudoscience of it is the bit that worries me most so people go away with the idea that you can make claims um and the evidence that is presented is just is just interpretations of ancient stories most of the time so that's generally the way it goes is you know there's this ancient people called the whatever and they had this myth about whatever mm. and i suppose the um the conceits around this is that what what happens is that ancient people write down myths about what they see so they're interpreting what they've seen and how they make sense of what they've seen and then what what these guys are doing is they're looking at those myths and saying well um what does that mean so for mainstream christianity let's say it could be that you know god did this or for mainstream science it could be these are just expressions of a frightened people who were trying to make sense of senseless things to them like floods and storms and mm. earthquakes and so on. Um, but for these guys, what they're saying is, no, actually what they're talking about, if they're talking about beings coming from the sky, that's aliens. Mm. And so that's what they're saying. They're saying that the ancient peoples, they interpreted what they saw um, and they made sense of it as best they could. They wouldn't be able to say aliens came from, you know, Alpha Centauri, but they would describe it as these beings came from the sky with wings and did such and such and such and such. Mm. So that's what they're trying to say. But the problem is, is unfortunately, ancient myths is not evidence. No. So you're still left with a hypothesis, and then you have to find evidence for that. And that's where they just they just lack it. Yeah, I think, like you said, it's fine to have the what if and like it's a writing yeah. exercise. And it's like, yeah, if they if they were writing stories and every week it was like a half an hour story and it was done as a narrative or something and it was obviously a narrative, but it's presented as though it's a documentary because it's got like the talking heads and the cutaways. Yeah, to oh, it and, feels like a documentary, doesn't it? Yeah, but yeah. there's no evidence. <laughs> a documentary about fact. Yeah, that's right. And the other thing that, you soon start to find is that there's no consistency so even some of the same people appear on these shows week on week in week out um and you know is it possible that what we're seeing here is down to this but then the next week they'll say is it possible that what we're seeing is down to that Mm. and the two actually don't can't agree they're incompatible so because they're, they're just doing. constantly going, is it possible? That's right. At infinitum. Yeah. So at some point you've got to say, well, here's some evidence that that leads to a, even if it's only a tentative conclusion, a conclusion. And then that is up for, essentially is up to be shot down because that's how science works. So you have a hypothesis, you find some evidence um, and you then present that evidence as as a if not proof, um, a support mm-hmm. for your position. It has to be like and then recreatable. Other, yeah. other people get to to knock it down. That's yeah. the way it works. Yeah. So yeah. So I don't uh, I don't follow those um, those ideas, but I still. I it's your know. trash, isn't it? I still watch it. It is. It's my trash. It's my. What, what's <laughs> the thing you watch? Drag race. It's my drag race. It's my soap opera. It's um, you know how a lot of people watch Love Island. It's my love island. Yeah. 
I just want that phrase cut out and just put places. <laughs> it's my love island. And everyone's just like, what? Loves. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's, but I have become, I have to say, I have become disenfranchised a little bit mm-hmm. because of the extreme wackiness that we're now getting. To. It seems like we've gone from hmm, plausible, but no evidence to, oh my God. What are you talking about? You know, yeah. and that's I think where we are now. So I don't watch it so much now. Every now and again, though, I'll have a little indulge, and I'll watch it. Sometimes I'll come downstairs, <laughs> and he'll be there with his. He's, he's got a beer on. He's got yeah, he's better with the beer. <laughs> dogs there. She's got no idea. She sits with me watching Ancient Aliens. And I'm just like, you're right, Dad. And like, oh yeah, it's a nice aliens. release. I mean, I've been doing it degree and then a master's for the last eight years uh you know reading books and uh studying and writing and researching and it is a really nice release just listen to somebody go is it possible (laughs) i guess but me and mum are gonna go upstairs and watch the crown (laughs) that's fine okay so have we done ancient aliens now have i had enough endure your shame humiliation yes okay but never forget Dad went to a convention about if it's possible that aliens made the pyramids. I think I'd like to call it a conference. Dad went to a convention. (laughs) Okay, well, thanks for listening. And don't forget to text somebody about the podcast. Let them know about it. Text it. It's so easy. You click Mm. share and then it comes up with the people that you text the most. Yeah. Um, At least on my new exciting phone it does that. Yeah, get somebody to listen to it. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. What Should I Think About is an Evil Sheep production.